Hey everybody, thanks for coming to another episode of My Angular Story. I am your host, Aaron Frost with Hero Devs, and today we have, uh, as a guest, we have Sam Julien. Hey, hi, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, um, and we have a guest host, Ryan Conifrost. Say hi, Ryan. Hey, yeah. Yep. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. So we're here at Angular Denver. This is one of our podcasts that's more live it's like in person yeah i know yeah that's awesome have you ever i've never done an in-person this today's like my first day doing in-person podcasts i did i guess i was on one the angular aondo angulariando yeah i did that at ngconf and israel okay. translated everything it's oh, awesome cool. yeah, that's cool <laughs> israel's cool man yeah. um so yeah, my angular story, we just, we just want people to get to know you, get to know who you are a little bit better. I mean, you're obviously a prolific speaker and um, a content editor and author. Um, and so this is just a chance for everyone to kind of get to know you better. Um, so how did you get into Angular? Like, what's your Angular story? Yeah, so I, you know, I, I was on this podcast a couple of years ago, All but right. a lot has happened since then. So... <laughs> But I, so I first started doing web things when I was probably 12 and I was just, I made like the dorkiest websites ever with HTML. Why dorky? Like what were Like literally like Star Wars sound collections. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Or like, because, okay, back, that was in late nineties, early two thousands, I guess. And so there was no YouTube, there was yeah. no Napster yet, there was nothing. So a thing that people would do is download sounds from movies and TV shows and make them like their startup noise or their like shutdown On their sound. computers, yeah, I yeah, remember There that. were remember actual that. like shareware programs yeah. that would like, you could pick a sound clip and do that. So I was like obsessed with that as a like nerdy yeah. 10 to 12 year old. And so I learned how to make this website with HTML and I, and I would just view inspect source and copy and paste and stuff like that and make these, this, these, web, these little sites where people could like, I, I would like amass a collection of sound clips from different uh, movies and you could just like download them. Oh, wow. I mean, nobody knew anything about it probably, but it was a really good learning experience. And then I... Assumed, and you're like you're a teenager at this point. Yeah, I was, I was twelve when 12. I started doing that. Like, I, my, I delivered papers. That was like my hobby. That and like fishing. Yeah, that was 
my 12 year old me you're building websites i was building websites i, I think that's a very cool nerdy my, kid yeah i think that's cool i mean i was also oh, to make it even nerdier i was also in band and things like that well, I, was, yeah, I was in band too i'm not knocking band yeah i yeah i was a percussionist in band in i, pl- I played school. the tuba nice yeah <laughs> that's you, awesome <laughs> yeah so I'm the I'm the one brass dude that always gets put back by the percussion, right? That's right. Yeah, I was always pals with the tuba players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was doing that then, and I like always wanted to become a quote real programmer, and but there was like I said, there was no YouTube, there was no Code Academy, no. none of that existed. So I would go to the library and get books Are you on like me? C plus oh plus, and gosh. and like but they were all they were like I might as well have been reading Egyptian hieroglyphics. I had no idea. Over your head. It was way over my head. And so I could never do anything with it. And so I kind of, I didn't do much until high school. I kept trying to learn like HTML and CSS and things like that. But So let's move, let's move HTML and CSS to the side because you clearly were an advanced 12 year old. (laughs) So let's, 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 let's put HTML and CSS into its own column. Right. When did you actually do other types of code? Because HTML and yeah. CSS code. So, so that was that. Was, so then there was like I assumed that I couldn't become because I wasn't able to like teach myself code, like like at that time JavaScript wasn't really a thing. No. So I mean I thought of it as like C plus plus. That was the only thing I knew about code. Yeah. So anyway, I assumed that I had to get a degree in computer science. I showed up to college as a computer science major and saw that my first eight semesters were going to include, or not eight semesters, four semesters were basically math. And I was uh, like, I don't want to do this. It was like Calc 2, Calc 3, Calc 4. <laughs> I was like, this, all I want, literally all I want to do is learn how to write code. Yeah. So I switched and I assumed that, that meant I would never become a computer programmer. And that was the end of it. And I went into philosophy and history and religion and like got degrees there. You went to religion? Yeah, I was at a huge public university and, um, Go Gators. Oh, this and, is this is why Amy said me and you need to go have a drink together one day. Yeah, we to kind do. of like. Yeah, well, we bonded a little bit in London over yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, but we yeah, did. I got a degree in re- basically religious studies, which is like history and sociology. It's not theology because it's like a big public university. Gotcha. Um, and then when I also realized that I didn't want to go to into academia because I didn't want to spend my life writing papers. I got a job in finance and I started doing insurance and investments and I worked in sales and then in customer service and operations. And I did that for five years, all the while just thinking like, oh, I'll never be able to be like a programmer. Well, I'm not smart enough to be a programmer, so I'll just do these things. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like I just thought, well, I guess that's that. And I, I kept doing a little bit of like basic web design over, you know, like looking back, it was like nothing, but it was like just little websites here and there. At one point I started trying to learn Ruby on Rails. That was my first foray into anything. Anyway, fast forward, I was in finance for like five years and I kept, like I went into it really wide-eyed and bushy-tailed like a good 20-something year old thinking like, I'm gonna help people. And the farther I got into it, the more I was just sort of like, all I'm really doing here is like making rich people richer. I'm not really helping anybody. And like the further I got into finance, the more I was like studying for exams for regulations. Like I had like series six, series seven, series 66, like all these uh, investment licenses and insurance licenses and stuff like that. And 
the higher I was going, I was actually studying for the what's called the Series 24, which is a broker, the broker exam, like becoming a stockbroker, basically. And I was like, I really, this really sucks. Like all I'm doing is memorizing regulations. I'm not doing anything creative. And I also realized that like finance is a really litigious industry. And so. Hold on. What does litigious mean? Oh, it just means like, so at any given time, if you're a financial advisor or anything equivalent, like even somebody accusing you of fraud or theft or mishandling funds can like completely destroy you at least for many years. Okay. Like even because it'll, yeah, like they could sue you basically. Litigious just means like like people like to sue and like things like that. And I just was realizing how fragile that was like, because I was, I was working in operations and hiring financial advisors. Well, I wasn't doing the hiring, but, but I was seeing like, you get these like black marks on your record as a financial advisor. If somebody even like just said like they did, it it has to be recorded as like this client accused this person of doing this. Eventually it was cleared, but like it's it's still still there. And I was like, man, this is just not a good place to go. And so, so you realize that. And then, and then I, so the, the stock brokerage I was working at, their claim to fame was that they wrote their own trading platform in C sharp and they had they so they had a whole tech division with software developers and so I was I had become friends with them over working there and I was like is it possible for me to like become a developer like do I need a degree and and the lead there who became one of my really good friends was like I dropped out of college (laughs) like I don't have a degree my degree I was gonna get a degree in linguistics and I dropped out of college like and I've been a developer for 15 years yeah and (laughs) I kind of was like oh okay and so the developers at my stock brokerage stock brokerage gave me like plural site access yeah and oh wow and we're like here learn like this is like what six years ago five years ago yeah like 2013 probably like six six years ago they were like uh yeah just start learning dotnet mvc Hmm. and jquery yeah i mean six years ago angular was angular js was new right so jquery was the big thing at that point right and so was dotnet mvc yeah yeah so i just went on plural site and started watching scott allen teach on .NET MVC. His, his and, famous, famous Poseidon MVC course. Yeah, right? yeah. And then um, I they started giving me like some side projects at the brokerage and oh. I could start dividing up my time wow. between what I was doing and some like, I mean, easy, easy dev, dev tasks. They're softballing this. Yeah, they were definitely, they were softballing, but it was like really, really cool. helpful because they would, I mean, my friend Josh, uh, who was that senior dev without a degree uh he would like review my code for me and like teach me and stuff and it, it like was a huge deal like wow. the fact that he would take the time to Mentoring like go him. through and like meant like give me a, a task to do and uh i think that was really key just like giving me something to do and then following up with me and reviewing it and things like that so I, what i wanted to do was move into the like become a developer at that brokerage yeah but it was a small company and one thing led to another and it just didn't work out. Like they just, they didn't want me to move. Like I was responsible for a whole section of the business and me moving to the developer role would mean like they had to hire somebody else to come do that part of what I was doing. And so they said no. And that was the day I decided I was going to move to Portland because <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, this isn't going nowhere. I had lived in uh, central Florida for a decade at that point. 
And so it was like, okay, I'm are gonna. You, are you from Central Florida? No, I, well, no, I I was born in Georgia. I was born in Valdosta, Georgia, on an Air Force base. My dad was a fighter pilot, okay. and we moved around in the South a lot, like Florida, Georgia, Texas, Virginia, and we ended up in Florida. So I went to high school there, and then went to college there. So, so you've been there for a decade, and you're like. Yeah, I wanted to get as far away as possible, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, I had gone through a divorce and, like, a bunch of problems in my, not problems, but issues in my family, and I was just like, all right, well, this is is a dead-end career. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. I sort of was like, well, I'm like, I think it was like 25 at the time, and so I was like, That's a hard time of life sometimes. Yeah. You're just figuring some stuff out, and it's lot of transition right yeah i feel like when i feel like 18 to 25 is like this downward slope where you're you're going off of momentum based on how you grew up and like what you thought was going to happen with your life and what your parents expectations were and then like you sort of grind to a halt in your mid to late 20s and like reevaluate everything and you're like maybe i don't want to do any of this (laughs) and so that's sort of what i went through and so i started looking for jobs in new york and portland because Mm -hmm. i had a bunch of friends in new york and i thought that would be fun. But Portland is really where I wanted to go. Mm. And uh, I had to ask somebody for advice on like, how do I get my first job? And one random person was like, there's this thing called Angular JS that's really cool. And you yeah. should just like learn that and put put it on your resume and like yeah. you'll get hired immediately. So <laughs> so a rando. Just, yeah, there's not like, a like friend your best friend. friend. Not no. like the best friend. I don't even talk to this guy anymore. I, I talked to him on the phone once because he was a developer in New York. And um, and a gentleman says to you, hey, maybe try AngularJS. Yeah, he's like, learn this AngularJS thing. And some people at the brokerage <laughs> had used it, but I had never looked at it. And uh, he was like, yeah, use this AngularJS, like learn this AngularJS thing. So I, I mean, looking back, I really didn't learn much of it. But that's that's where I got the idea and was like, all right. And so I started trying to get like applied for a bunch of jobs at that like and that ended up being jobs that were .NET, MVC, and some Angular JS. And so I ended up getting offered a contract job in the suburbs of Portland at a finance company and it was doing .NET and jQuery. And oh, that's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, and that was and I just yeah, fixed bugs and and uh, but eventually, what was cool about that was like, eventually they they needed to write some new stuff, and so I suggested we use Angular JS, which is like one dot two at the time. Yeah, and so this is like two thousand fourteen. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, two thousand fourteen. So that's so I had been le- like learning it myself. Um, I remember watching like Alyssa Nichols' course on. Um, code school yeah which is just so trippy now that like we're like pals yeah um and yeah and i managed to convince my boss to use angular js and what's really funny about that is that he was like bro i hear these rumors that there's going to be this angular 2 thing coming and it's going to be a lot of work and i was like no 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 no. it's fine it's not going to be they're going to make it really easy to upgrade it's going to be totally fine don't worry about it so this guy, I'm not going to have to write a website just to teach <laughs> yeah. people how to do that. This guy probably hates me now. <laughs> like, he probably just like, yeah, he probably just like throws darts at my picture now. But I managed to convince him. And so I think there's probably <laughs> a lot of people that do that. 
Yeah. Just, they got Sam Julian pigs on there. <laughs> I think so too. Dartboard, dartboard. Like, no, no, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. And so yeah, so that was, so 2014 was when I went from just right walking through tutorials on AngularJS to actually like writing AngularJS in production, and that that got me my next job, which was at a nonprofit in in Portland, uh, where I like really did a lot of of like legit angular js work and i was there for like several years and mm. uh and that's where i got into all the migration stuff and everything so but yeah it's crazy because it was kind of like a series of random events of just like making the best of whatever situation i was in yeah and then it ended up sort of just becoming my career and i see a lot of similarities between what you're saying and like what i kind of experienced so that's funny yeah. It's interesting to me. Um, for those who don't know that's listening, Sam is, a lot of people consider Sam to be one of the experts on upgrading an AngularJS app to an Angular app. And he, he I mean, he just gave a talk on it this morning. I went to it. <laughs> and he's got a website, upgradingangularjs.com. And, um, and he he put a lot of passion into something that a lot of us have done and felt a lot of pain over. Well, he felt pain and like channeled it into a course people can take to learn how to kind of maybe hopefully overcome some of the pains you learned just kind of organically on your own, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was like I was so I, the the nonprofit I was at was like really small. It was just me and a couple people, and I I sort of became the the lead for the front end even though I didn't I mean I probably shouldn't have had I didn't have the experience at the time but I just sort of like had to do it you know and so my boss was just sort of like figure it out I don't know yeah. <laughs> and so I was like all right and you've been building websites since you were 12 yeah exactly you're yeah, yeah you're up and yeah. so I was I just felt this huge disconnect because I was watching these like conference talks on YouTube where they're like talking about Angular 2 and how like easy breezy it was gonna be. And then I was looking at our code base and I was like, but we're using like Gulp and like I don't even know what a module is. What's a webpack? Yeah. Like I don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. And and the uh, the docs at the time, like now that I like know the docs people, I, I feel guilty about saying this, but like the docs at the time were pretty much like Step one, use modules. Step two, use TypeScript. Step three, boom, you're done. Upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like, like there were no details yeah. of like actually how to move. Because the I think the thing that people didn't realize that everyone was experiencing that was like Angular JS was a lot closer to jQuery than it was to like React. You know, like like it was in the world of you could pick, you could put Angular JS with a script tag on a on anything and like use angular js for something you didn't need a build process necessarily you didn't need modules you didn't so so the shift to angular 2 plus with modules and compiling and transpiling and all that was like a huge paradigm shift for people yeah that if they had just spent their time learning angular js and they weren't like keeping up with things like react and webpack and all that like it was like learning French for five years and then being told like, I actually like, it's time for everybody to speak Chinese. And yeah. you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, so that was the frustration I felt. And so then I tried to just channel that into, like I was actually had a conversation, I 
was at NGConf one year, really frustrated, inventing to Rob Wormold, who like we had been buddies for a while through this chat, this like um, unofficial Angular Slack, and so we were pals throughout like when he got hired at Google and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like dumping on him basically at NGConf, and he was like, "I hear you, like we totally agree. You know, you could like." <clears throat> whatever comes out of this, you could just like contribute back to the community in some form or fashion, you know? And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess I could. And so that's kind of what inspired me to do the course and all yeah, that stuff. And, that's cool. And give talks and all that stuff. So it's funny because upgrade is like a really niche subject right now. It's not like most people don't care about it anymore, but for the people that do care about it, it's like really, really important, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm going to be honest. Um, I, because everyone who's, who was writing AngularJS, which was everyone, you go back to 2014, everyone wrote AngularJS. Yeah. Like no one was like, meh, jQuery, like, it, it, you know, React didn't exist yet. Yeah. It was like, no, you use AngularJS with either gulp or grunt. Like it was, that's it, right? Yeah. That, that was what you did. And so... So many people have these apps and it's time to get off of the Angular JS, right? Like it's 2019. So there's, it's, there's a surprising amount of people out there still writing Angular JS. Yeah. And I'm, and I look at like the cost of upgrading to whatever view react. And, um, so I look at that cost react view, you know, going Angular two, right? Where Angular X going to whatever it's big. And so I, I don't see how it's not a much more important topic given yeah. the amount of still production, like ready Angular JS code that the internet is like burning every single, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm, I'm absolutely floored at the, you, you call it a niche. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it's not more mainstream, to be honest, because it, it's, it, it affects way more people than there are that care about it. But to my point, like I've written some blogs over the years. I'm not a prolific blogger. My most popular blogs, like still this month, my blog with the most read reads will be this Webpack hack I wrote around an AngularJS uh, thing. Yeah. So I still like. There's still a lot of AngularJS out there. Is all I'm saying. Like, yeah. And so I, I don't. I don't know why. I I, I I will die confused at why more people aren't saying. How could I make the rewrite easier? And they're just like, nope, we're just gonna keep writing Angular JS. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Especially since the end of life of the software is next June. It's like this coming up June 2021. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me, bro. Like, yeah. It's interesting to me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love your course. Um so um you I think I I love that you're in the community. A few months ago when um, I, I made this big mistake, you were like one of the first people to reach out to me and be like, hey, that wasn't nice. <laughs> you know, and, and you could have been mean about it, but you were like, no, really tried, nice. About you I were tried like, to do it in a, yeah. a loving way. <laughs> and you're like, hey, that wasn't very nice. And I was like, yeah. Um, at first I read, I was like, what well, wasn't nice? Because I didn't understand what had happened. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that wasn't nice. You know, but <laughs> I've, I've, I've appreciated um that you're a member of the Angular community. And uh, yeah, for those that don't know, I actually, Sam's girlfriend, Amy, 
she works with me at Hero Dev. She's our business manager, and she's pretty awesome. She's extremely awesome. She's pretty cool. Yeah. She's yeah. She's a keeper. Yeah, she's awesome. And you guys, you guys bought a farm up in uh, rural. I want to say Oregon, but it's, no, it's Seattle. You're all it's Washington. Or, yeah, sorry, no, Washington. It's, it's Washington. It's a, it's an hour north of Portland. It's not okay. far. It's not far from Portland because I lived in Portland for four years. Amy grew up in or Southern Oregon. Okay. But yeah, it's actually me and a handful of friends, uh, and we went in on this land together, and we're like ten acres. It's ten acres, okay, and it has greenhouses, and we're trying to do. We're gonna start doing some organic farming. It actually has like the organic farm certification. Like the previous owners did that, and they built up these greenhouses, and there's fruit trees and all that stuff, and so we're. Slowly, fruits, fruits in season. Are you guys picking the fruit? Yeah, we got um, peaches and blueberries. The apples aren't quite ready yet, yeah. but yeah, it's starting. It's starting to come together. We we got some barn cats that we're working on getting acclimated, and we got chickens that are. We got twenty baby chicks that we're like insulating over at a neighbor's house. Mm. Um, yeah, the idea is. Like, so we have the main structure and then people are converting other structures to tiny houses and living there. And then the idea is like, we'll have some, some sort of like guest tiny house mm. and people can come and just like unplug from everything and hang out in the forest and go to lakes and things like how, that. How close are lakes to you? Like five minutes. Five minutes yeah, to like, lake. Yeah. Like fishing. Um, the so the one yeah there's we're like in between two lakes and one of the lakes which, which i think is a little bit farther is some of the best some sort of fish <laughs> fishing in north america hmm. uh, it's uh, but i can't remember what that what kind of fish it was but yeah there's a lot of fishing in that area hmm. a lot of outdoorsy stuff um but and then the long-term goal is that we try to like because we're trying to do a lot of permaculture which is like sustainable it's sort of like doing organic farming in a way that's self-sustaining so that you're not like basically doing chores from sunup to sundown but yeah. you you coordinate like the plants and animals so that they're you know self-sustaining yeah and you build these systems out so we're, we're working on that um the idea is after we get all that set up then we can start bringing people out and teaching them and you know they can stay at the property for a few days and like build stuff with us and and but we are pretty convinced that like there's a lot of people especially in tech there seems to be a lot of people who want to like go be away from tech and like yeah. do nature stuff and learn agricultural things and farming and that kind of thing and so that's that's the vision is to do that kind of thing so so yeah so and we've got three of us now that work remote from the property which is pretty cool like we don't have the best internet but we also don't have the worst internet yeah. so it's been it's been working out so so yeah so that's been that's cool man that's been good yeah i want to come up once your hydroponic garden's going yeah i just want to watch you wait hydroponic are you doing aeroponic i think we're gonna do aeroponic or wait aquaponic what's the difference well so aquaponic is with water and so the previous owners did have this giant aquaponic system okay but we don't really want to do aquaponic because it takes it takes a lot like you gotta keep that water a certain temperature and like uses obviously tons and tons of water all the time it's just a lot of work they were like raising they were like farming tilapia and stuff like that we don't really want to do that so 
I think we're going to do aeroponic, um, like lettuce and vegetables and stuff like mm. that, which is, yeah, it's like suspended. Suspended, you shoot water under the roots rather yeah. than keeping the roots constantly in water. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but we're, we're sort of a ways from that because right now we're focused on all the infrastructure of like all the tiny houses and gotcha. making sure there's like comfortable bathrooms and stuff like that throughout. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was pretty funny. I stumbled into the Angular community five or six years ago and just sort of like kept it going and um, eventually started working for Auth0 and now here I am working remote from a farm <laughs> in Washington. So I've come a long way from finance in Central Florida. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Yeah. No yeah. regrets? No, it's been awesome. It's yeah. been a really good journey. And I now, like, what really gets me going is, like, teaching other people. Like, so one of, the, one of the coolest, one of the, I think, one of the most pivotal experiences for me was at my previous job, I mentored a, a coworker who was a reporting, like, a business reporting guy. And he wanted to become a developer. And so I like mentored him and it ended up like he ended up becoming a junior developer, which of course included like a big salary bump and things like that. And so it was like, I mean, I, I mean, he did all the work obviously, but like I helped him make this like huge life, life altering change. And that was like super rewarding. He's actually here at Angular Denver this really? year, which is awesome. So Money. like, so that, that like caused a big shift in me because I was like, whoa, this, this is what I want to do is like help other people, you know, cause like that, that translates into real, real stuff, like being able to pay back student loans faster and being able to increase your quality of life and get a remote job. And like, like being able to go from non-developer to developer, if, if you want to is a huge like change, like yeah. a huge quality of life imp improvement. And so that's what got me really into like teaching and writing and, speaking and things like that like that's sort of what started that that whole thing so mm. so that's sort of been my focus and that's like why this i started so-called oh we have, joe joe, we have a joe Ames. we're recording a everybody podcast. joe Ames just, walked in. <laughs> just walked into the podcast didn't even see it coming did you say cyprus did somebody say somebody cyprus said, we, we, yeah we just, no we you weren't summoned no, we didn't no, summon we a genie. Didn't summon you at all. Yeah, you just we showed just, up. I must have misheard you saying test. I did mention plural site at one point in this, and maybe that maybe that summoned maybe. you. Maybe I don't know. Yes, I don't know. Right. And we got we got your drink, bro. Joe Ames showed up to hear the, the last three minutes. Waltzed in like he owned the place. Yeah. And <laughs> do you own this? Do you own this place? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a part owner. Yeah, part owner. That's cool. That's great. Yeah, man. Silent, silent partner. Yeah, of course. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We just we just got done learning about Sam Julien. You have any questions you want to ask Sam? What are we? Is that what we're doing? We're asking Sam questions. Well, I mean, don't ask something I already asked. Okay. The, the but problem. So if you're here for the last thirty minutes, you know. Feel free to ask anything that I haven't already asked. <laughs> what sort of beard care products do you use? Yeah. You know, not many. Mm -hmm. Um. Working remote thing really put a dent in my, but I do. You don't trim. You don't. You don't keep it as primped as it used to. No, not not. I I need to start doing that, but now it's even harder because I live an hour away from anything. From like a I, I like to use like a comb and like a brush, and then I have this like I tried um, different kinds of oil, 
but I don't really like Dude, it. Dude, it gets on your phone when you take a phone call. Yeah, I don't I don't like the oiliness and I don't like that my because you're obviously using it like on your mustache, so then you smell it for the rest of the day. Yeah. And that bothers me. Even yeah. though even the neutral ones just smell like oil to me. And yeah. like, so I, I have been using um like this beard balm stuff, but I can't remember the brand the brand for the life of me, but yeah. You basically use a you use a brush to comb to like brush it in like a uh, boar's yeah boar's hair yeah boar's hair brush to brush it in. So I like doing that. I don't do any um, of that stuff. But yeah, I only do that for special occasions. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like I should this podcast. probably be more. Yeah, I should probably be more diligent about it, like, and get to like my Cardington levels of beard care. Or the real the real pinnacle for me is my friend Kyle Shevlin in the React community his beard is like what I aspire to be, but you know, I don't know. What are you going to do? My right. next question is Gatsby plus air table <laughs> literally going to take over the world. Is it, it really might actually honestly like over new overlord. Yes. Is Gatsby server side rendering react. Yes. So one, so even though we're on an angular podcast, my like latest obsession is Gatsby, which is like a, it's a static site generator and yeah, it's like server side react. And I just, uh, I just love it because it, it feeds both my developer nerd side and my writing side because it, it integrates with Markdown really well. And mm. you basically can just like pull data from different sources, transform it into GraphQL, and then use React to like render, render it all. And mm. it's super fast and they built all the tooling in. And um, yeah, and Airtable then is like, sort of like spreadsheets as a service <laughs> where you can like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can build up data through it and you can even like automate it. Like, I don't know if you've heard of, there's a company called Zapier yeah. or Zapier. Yeah. And so you can like automate, like I made this thing, I don't really use it right now, but I made this script where you can, I can add a calendar entry to a speaking events calendar on Google calendar and it will automatically add that to an Airtable which then Gatsby can just pull in to my, like to the the, re, the new version of my site that I'm working in. And then circle CI so then, for you. Yeah, basically. So like, <laughs> then like I just make a calendar entry and it's like my, my talk <laughs> section <laughs> of my <laughs> website. Site just deployed. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So like anybody who's making a blog or a portfolio or a okay. sales site, yeah. Then why doesn't Angular have its Gatsby? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's because, so they've talked a little bit about, um, what about Gatsbing? Gatsbing. 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 Bing. Yeah. Bing. Yeah. And G. Oh, Gatsbing. 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 I was B with a Y. My, my idea Gatsby. was that the Angular version would be called Zelda. Cause that's, uh, like F Scott Fitzgerald's wife. Zelda. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but also Zelda is just awesome. Cause it's a video. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that project called Angular Photon that they were working on is the closest thing. But I think the problem with Angular is all of the dependency <laughs> injection and modules and all that stuff. So Ivy fixes it. Yeah, I think I think once Ivy comes along and oh, you're stuff serious? That, I was joking. Sorry. No, no, I I actually <laughs> do think that like because like some of the stuff Rob talked about this morning where they're trying to make modules optional and yeah. all of that happens with Ivy basically, or is enabled by Ivy. So yeah, I've been saying for a while, like first person who makes a, a static site generator with Angular is gonna win a lot of things. <laughs> Cause like, 
Yeah. The, Gatsby. Gatsby is just like. Gatsby. Yeah, Gatsby. Yeah. Gatsby. Did you register? Did you register the DNS just already? Everybody goes. I no. will by the, time, by the time this podcast. I'll airs. do it by the time the podcast. Yeah, airs. I love Gatsby because <laughs> I know the listeners will do it. Yeah. But if the listener does do it, Sam already said you're going to be the winner of a lot of things. You are. It's true. All right. Um, well, we're at our time, so we're going to do some picks real quick, and then we'll sign off. Um, I'll go first on the picks. Joe, you got to come up with a pick real quick because sure. you walked in. Sure. Um, so I've done four episodes today. <laughs> so I'm, a little, I'm deep in to the bench on picks. So I'm going to go with it. I don't think I've picked this yet. I'm going to pick the Model 3, the Tesla Model 3. Nice. And um, I'm convinced there's not a nicer car for that money. And uh, it's fantastically safe. Um, like the amount of warnings it constantly gives me about stuff going on the road, I love. Uh, the autopilot thing on the freeway. Um, I was going to read my email anyway on the freeway. But now I can, <laughs> you know, but now I can do it. Yeah, now I can do it with like safer. Yeah. Safer um, email reading. Yeah, yeah, No, it's just, it's just, it's fast. It's secure. Like it's not ever going to tip. It's. There's no moving parts, which is what got me pissed off in my last car. Is there's it kept breaking because there's so many moving parts and they're all really high. Anyway, I'm gonna pick the Model Three. If you're thinking about it, don't test drive it before if like you're on the edge because then you'll just be like, yeah, I'm getting it. But you should go on the logic side. It is a nice car. So anyway, that's my pick, the Model Three. Mine is named Mercury, by the way. You named your car Freddie Mercury after the, Sir Freddie. Yes. Nice. Yeah. What did you think of the Bohemian Rhapsody movie? Loved it. It's gone on mixed reviews, so well, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Why would I have Why would have mixed reviews? What was it? What was mixed about it? Well, we shouldn't get on into it on this podcast. Uh, but yeah, I heard the complaints about the accuracy of it, but yeah. besides that, I didn't hear any other complaints. Yeah, I would say mostly the the accuracy. Right. Like it was. I heard it wasn't accurate, but still a good story. But Rami, uh, Rami Malek, though you can't you can't beat. You know, I heard some of the same complaints about Avengers Endgame that wasn't accurate, but I still think it was a good movie. Yeah. Regardless of its accuracy. Oh, that's right. There is source material to go off of. I forget. You were trying to make it. Yeah. Something completely ridiculous. The Bible. I heard the Bible. I heard the hell of a That's a conversation for another day with the three of us. All right. Joe. Pick? Since you just walked up, is Diet Mountain Dew your pick? <laughs> uh, it could be my pick. No, no, I, I have a different pick. Uh, I'm a big gamer. Everybody who listens True. to the podcast I'm on knows True. that. So I, I should pick a game, right? So yes. um, Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite. I, wow. Just dropped the Just little, little frogs off the bomb. They have, they have <laughs> yeah, you did. I, is it? Is it? Is it do I have to be embarrassed pick. to say I've never played Fortnite? I've never played no. Fortnite either. Mm. I feel like it's that's my pick for Fortnite. That's your pick. <laughs> right. it's for everyone. Ryan Connor picked Fortnite. That's his pick. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I'll go with a little board game. It's a kind of a, almost really a dice game uh, called Dop Felt So Clever. It's German for twice as clever. Uh, you can get it here in the U.S. No problem. D O P P F E L T. So clever. Dot felt so clever. Dot felt so clever. It's a, it's plays I think just for four people, <clears throat> and you it's like this. It's like Yahtzee on super 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 steroids, right? Oh, wow. It has this, It's like if Yahtzee and Superman had a baby. Oh wow! Right or Yahtzee? Who's the coolest Avenger? 
The Hulk. Yahtzee and the Avengers. All of them. Yahtzee and the Avengers. Not a baby. Yes. It is it is so fun. It is so cool. It's got every you you roll dice and while you're taking your turn, other people get to play as well because they get to use the dice that you don't use. And you get you only get you have to choose which dice you're gonna use. It's it's there's a lot of strategy yet left because it's a dice rolling game, which I really like dice rolling games. Plays in thirty-ish minutes, maybe forty-five if you got four people total. But plays relatively quickly. It's actually kind of complex to like explain because the scoring is actually really, really deep to it. But it's at its core, it's actually a relatively straightforward game. You're just it's the kind of the Yahtzee action. You roll die you, dice, you keep some of them, and you re-roll the rest that you have, and you do that three times, and then and then you score. So mm. that's the essence of the game. But really fun. A uh, great kind of a game because it's a mix of luck, luck and strategy, and you just have no idea who's going to win because the scoring is really, really complicated. You have to like spend, uh, you know, a couple minutes afterwards, like tallying up your score to figure out and uh, compare to other people to figure out who won. Really had a fun time playing it. So played it several times. We kept wanting to play it over and over again. So that'll be my pick. Dop felt so clever. Dop felt so clever, but you know what? Dop isn't. Dop felt so clever. Dop felt so clever. Clever, but, yeah. he but he is it. He was wrong. <laughs> or she? I don't know. Yeah, they they're not. Dop feels better. They're not. Yeah. All right. My so it's con- convenient that Joe asked me about Airtable because I learned that trick with Zapier and Airtable through a podcast called the Automators Podcast, which is a whole podcast about automating your Mac, which is like the nerdiest thing ever. But it's so yeah. awesome. It's, I would hear uh, that name and I would think there's one episode. www.zapier.com. No. Thanks for listening. No. No. There's so much. This, this podcast so is sponsored by Zapier. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. so much. <laughs> and it's, it's hosted by uh, two longtime Mac people named Rosemary Orchard and David Sparks, and who are also on other Mac podcasts. The intersection of developers and like hardcore Mac users is actually surprisingly small, I've realized. So I've been telling everybody about all these like Mac tricks that I've learned with automation and different different uh, apps and stuff like that. And I'm lay down Lay down an example for an us. An example, best thing ever is called Keyboard Maestro. It's a app that you can use to automate literally anything on your Mac. Like I have a, I have a shortcut where I can hit, I, I can hit caps lock S and it puts my Mac into screencasting mode. So it opens up Camtasia with the right like proportions. It opens VS Code in a special teach settings in like the right resolution. It opens up a terminal. It like does all of this with a single keystroke. And it's this like $27 shareware application <laughs> that wow. I learned about on these Mac podcasts. And so when you combine that with development, it's like super amazing. Another one is called Text Expander, where it's basically text snippets but you can also use like javascript in your text snippets so that's another really awesome one but i learned all that through automators and another uh, mac podcast called mac power users um they're on the same there's like this tech network called relay.fm so that's those are my picks i'm trying to find automators podcast Go to automators.fm uh, okay yeah i was spelling automator wrong just so you know uh, i was spelling it Mater, Tomatoes. M-A-T-E-R, Mater. Tomatoes. Yeah. Mater. Favorite character. Mator. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thanks for doing uh, the show with us. Sam, I'm sure some people might have questions for you, whether it's an upgrade or whatevs. How do they get in touch with you? Probably the best thing is to go to upgrade.
bingangularjs.com because I have all of my contacts up there. And then also on Twitter, I'm just at Sam Julien, J-U-L-I-E-N. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, everybody, go give Sam a follow. Uh, reach out with him if you have any questions. And if not, thanks for coming. Sam, yeah. thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Really appreciate you coming on thanks the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being here, Joe. <laughs> go download Fortnite. Go download go Fortnite. Go download Fortnite. This is the guest host. All right. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.